good to be together, isn't it? Good to be together with God and each other. Our world just seems so scattered and fragmented. I think God knew what he was doing when he created the church. To experience him together. I want to thank um, so many of you. You guys are making it really easy to fall in love with you very fast. And um, you've been so kind to my family and I, and we're so blessed by your love and just the tokens of love that we get here and there and just the kind words spoken. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want you to do a, um, a little spiritual exercise with me this morning. It's real simple. You don't even have to get up. You can sit right where you are, and we're going to breathe. Do you like breathing? Yeah. Breathing's a good thing, isn't it? I want you to do this. I learned this when, uh, before we had our first child, and we were in our classes to learn. I say we, but we were in our classes to learn how to give birth, right? And uh, one of the things you learn is how to deal with the pain. And, of course, men, we know all the pain involved, right? Uh, watching our wives go through all of that. Um, but you learn how to breathe. That was the first time I really learned how to breathe, about breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. And that it's really through the breathing through your, your nostrils, inhaling and exhaling through your mouth, that you really can fill your lungs. You can't get a full breath if you breathe through your mouth. And so I've been growing and learning that. And I, I want to invite you. Let's, let's just do that. Let's breathe together as a church family. Just breathe in through your nose. And then exhale through your mouth. Doesn't that feel good? That felt so good. Let's do it again. Try it. All that oxygen getting into your being and into your lungs and that. It's going to get into your cells and affect your body in such a wonderful, wonderful way. Breathing is a, is a good thing. Before I, I felt God calling me to be a pastor, I, um, I was a music major going to local community college, and uh, I played the string bass, you know, the big, the big one. And I got to learn how to, you know, really use the bow, and I loved playing the bass, but as I grew in playing the bass, I began to be envious of cellists. It was a little easier to carry around. Uh, you know, I had to carry around this beast. Uh, but one of my favorite musicians is someone you may have heard of called Yo-Yo Ma. Amazing cellist, amazing gift. And when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, um, the, the LA Philharmonic provided season tickets for students at a really cheap rate. And so I took advantage of that and would go to the, see the LA Philharmonic on a regular basis and just sit there in, in awe of the music. And Yo-Yo Ma was coming to town. And I just, oh, I've got to see Yo-Yo Ma. I had, uh, for those of you who remember records, I had, uh, I had a record of Yo-Yo Ma. I still have it. When he recorded all of these wonderful Bach you know, recordings, unaccompanied, just him on the cello. And I loved putting on that record. And as I would listen to that record very closely, I began to hear something that wasn't coming from the cello. And I would listen closer, and I'd turn up the volume, and my parents really were getting proud of me because I was turning classical music up really loud. <laughs> they were loving this transformation that was happening in my life. And, and I would listen closer. What is that sound? And, and I realized, this, now I think, 
I don't know if we're able to do this, but I have a little piece of, of one of these Bach recordings um, just, to, just so you can hear the beauty. And, and I don't know if you can pick it up, but I think we're going to play that. Go ahead and play it if you have that at this time. That's not it. But. <laughs> On this recording, what you could hear was Yo-Yo Ma breathing. In between the notes, you would hear this... You'd hear him gasp for breath, and you'd hear him exhale, and it, and, it, and it took the music to a whole nother level, to hear the artist breathing. And when you began to really listen to the music, and you began to listen to his breathing, you were drawn into the music, and you went past the sound. You went past, past the notes that Bach had written, and you got to the heart of the artist. And if you really listen to the breathing and you listen to it throughout the song, you began to feel the pulse. You began to feel the rhythm of the music that came from the heart of Yo-Yo Ma. Now, I had the joy of when Yo-Yo Ma came to town, it didn't fit on my season tickets for a student. So I had to go buy some tickets. And God was so good to me. I went to the front of the ticket line, and I wanted two tickets for Yo-Yo Ma. And when I got the tickets, I couldn't believe where they were. Second row, dead center. That God is good all the time, right? <laughs> I couldn't believe the tickets that I, had, that I got for, this, for his concert. So I took Lisa with me, and we were just dating at the time, and went to the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, and it just so happened that night that Emmanuel Axe was accompanying him on the piano, and just the two of them on the stage was just amazing. But then he played some pieces by himself, and and just watching him, you can see the picture there. I picked, that, I picked that picture because if you've never seen Yo-Yo Ma play, he plays with his heart and soul. And there's passion behind it. And when he was playing, to, to hear him breathe in person, to watch him play and to take these deep breaths, and all kinds of sounds were coming from him besides the cello. It was just amazing. In fact, there was one time where he was, just before he was going to play this piece, he stopped and he just closed his eyes you could tell he was just centering, preparing himself to really go into this next piece of music. And he took his bow and he began to draw. And right when he did that, the people in front of me started talking. <laughs> and he stopped. He opened his eyes and he looked at them with a look I've never seen before given to another human being. And I just wanted to make sure that he knew it wasn't me. And I just kind of moved away and just kind of looked at them. I didn't want him to remember me for the rest of his life in that way. And then they stopped. They realized that he was looking at them, and he went into it. But hearing the breath in the music takes on a whole nother thing, a whole nother life. And you know, it's sort of like that with our relationship with God. You know, we have doctrines. We have words. We have teachings. But what are they if they're not filled with the breath of God? What are the things that we believe if they're not filled with the very breath of God, with the Spirit of God breathing into our life? You ever heard of Muzak? Do you know what Muzak is? It's that background music that you hear. You know, you get on the elevator and you feel uncomfortable with all the people you don't know, and thank goodness they have Muzak playing, so it's not just dead silence. And it's just that sterile kind of background music well, if we're not careful sometimes in our Christian life, God can just kind of become background music to us. 
We have our life, we have our, our dreams and our goals and our desires and our plan to, to grow in life and to be successful in our careers. And, and if we're not careful, God can just kind of be that background music that just kind of supplements our life, that we draw on when we're stressed out or, or dealing with certain habits. But God wants to be the very breath of our life. Just like the song that we sang, when you can't breathe, you become desperate for air. You long for it. You have to have it. And God wants to be that very same way with us, that if I don't have that breath of God in my life, I'm desperate for it. I have to have it to live. The very breath of God. There's a portion of Scripture in the book of John, John chapter 20, that I've always found fascinating. It's when Jesus kind of sneaks up on his disciples after his resurrection. He just kind of shows up in the room. It says in verses 19 through 22, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And then listen to this verse. And with that, he breathed on them. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now imagine, don't imagine the disciples in the room. Imagine yourself in the room. Imagine maybe Jesus himself being here in the flesh, and he's looking at all of us, and he breathes on us. And he tells us, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus, through his Spirit, wants to breathe into our lives. He wants to be the very thing that, that shapes us and forms us and in li- lives within us. The breath of God is everything in the life of a Christian. The breath of God is everything in the life of a church. If the breath of God does not breathe into the church, the body of Christ, there is no living body. The breath of God. There's a wonderful scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Maybe you're familiar with it. It says this, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new, what does it say? Creation. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Now, if I remember my story about creation well enough, there's something about where God took the dust of the ground and he breathed into the dust the breath of life. When the Word of God says that we are a new creation, it means that there's something to do there with God breathing into our lives. The word in Greek for spirit is pneuma, which also means breath or wind. God wants to breathe into our life and continue to grow us as new creations. Now, aren't you glad? I'm I'm just so happy that Jesus never leaves me where he finds me. That when God finds us in our life, he comes and he says, come follow me and I want to make you a new creation. That we're not stuck the way we were when he found us. That there are new possibilities and there's a new creation happening that the Spirit of God is breathing into our lives. Another passage I want to share with you, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. It says, for the grace of God, now I want you to think the grace of God, we talked about grace, the wave of grace last week, but the grace of God, you could also place in there the presence of God, the activity of God, the breath of God, 
that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly, worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. You see, it's the breath of God. It's the presence of God that comes into our life and brings this transformation and begins this new creation and continues to form us that we begin to say no to ungodliness and the things of the world and yes to the things of the kingdom of God. It's God's doing. It's God's breath that we allow to come into us and to form us. Now this morning behind me, we have the emblems of the bread and the cup, the juice, symbolic of Christ's body and blood. And these emblems remind us that God breathed, that God came in the form of man named Jesus, and he himself breathed, full of the breath of God, and that he himself came to this world and said, let me breathe my life into you. The bread and the juice remind us that God breathed, that, that he breathed in creation, that he breathed in the incarnation, and that he wants to breathe in our transformation. God doesn't want to be a part of our life. He wants to be our life. He wants to be our very breath. He wants to be the heartbeat of our life, the pulse of our life. And the good news is, he can be that we can allow him to be. Now, God is also up to something in our friends' lives, in our family's lives, in all of our relationships, just like he wants to be in our life. But you know, sometimes, sometimes if we're not careful, we don't allow God to have space in our friends' lives for them to change. You know, we, they've always been this way, and so we just always expect them to be that way. In fact, we treat them in such a way that we don't let them change because that could affect our life differently too. And yet, God is, through his spirit, wanting to breathe into every human being's life. And there are relationships that you have at work, at home, in the neighborhood, whatever it might be, in which God is wanting to breathe into those people's lives, and, and we need to give them the space to start again to be that new creation that God is wanting to bring into their life. Now, I had something interesting happen to me this week. Nothing major, but just kind of interesting. And you'll, you'll find that I'm a type of person that, that kind of enjoys little things that seem insignificant, but, but I tend to find wonderful meaning in them, at least for my life. And, you know, with technology these days, um, I tend to take a lot of videos, spontaneous videos of my kids and, and different things. And so every once in a while, you're going to get a little pastor cam in the sermon. And uh, I was out just walking one morning. It was really early in the morning, and I was walking through the streets of my neighborhood. And as I was walking down the street, I noticed a caterpillar right in the middle of the street. Now, again, being as silly as I am, I thought I would video it to show my kids, but I thought you may enjoy seeing this. Here I was on my walk, and here's this caterpillar just walking on the concrete. Now, earlier he was on the asphalt, but he was really fast, as you could see. And it was, I had to kind of keep up with him. And he went over into the gutter of the curb, and, and there he was. 
And I thought, what on earth is this caterpillar doing out in the street? Caterpillars, do caterpillars belong in the street? No. They should be hanging out on some leaf or something or some bush or tree getting, getting ready to be transformed and turn into a butterfly. But there was this caterpillar just cruising down the street, and I just I couldn't resist taking it. And I thought, you know what? Sometimes, unfortunately, I'll confess to you, this is the way I am sometimes. You get used to people being a certain way, and God's trying to do this marvelous work in, this, in their life, and God would like you to be a part of that marvelous work in their life, and you're just like, no, this is the way you are, and you treat them that way, and you don't give them the space or the permission to change and to grow and transform. Just like this caterpillar, you're like, well, surely God wouldn't be doing a transforming work here in the middle of the street. But that's kind of the way that the kingdom of God is. In my experience, I've noticed the kingdom of God kind of sneaks through cracks and does all kinds of things that I would never predict and all kinds of things I could never plan for. But the kingdom of God is there. And the kingdom of God is there in your life and in all your relationships, wanting to breathe into our lives this new creation. Because God is good. And all the time, God is good. Isn't it good news that Jesus, first of all, forgives us of our sins, but second of all, says, I want to change your life. I want to bring transformation into your life that will help you grow, even though you have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I want to come in and breathe into your life. And you don't have to earn my breath. You don't have to do things well enough for that. I just want to breathe into your life and all your relationships and make all things new. These emblems behind me again remind us that God has breathed and he wants to continue to breathe into us. He gave his body so that we could receive his breath into our life. His presence through the Spirit. And so today, as we partake of the emblems together, let's give God space this morning as we're gathered to just breathe into our lives and move us down the road to wholeness and fulfillment in the kingdom of God. I would invite you to take the bread, symbolic of the body of Jesus, full of the breath of the Father full of the Spirit, given for you and I. I want to invite you to just take a few seconds of silent prayer, contemplating Jesus' life for us. At the end of that time, Pastor Isaac will ask the blessing upon the bread and we'll partake together. Father, as you did so long ago, you invite us again today to partake of this bread that represents your body. You invite us to be at one with you, experiencing the, the living breath of life. And as we do so, we ask for your blessing now as we live in this world representing you. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, I want to invite you to take the cup. 
filled with the juice symbolic of the blood of Jesus, shed for us to cleanse us of our sins and to pour his life into us to make us new. I invite you to just take a few seconds again in silent prayer to contemplate the blood of Jesus shed for you and given for you to fill you with the breath of God. Lord Jesus, we are in awe of you. We thank you for your life, your death, and your resurrection. We thank you for living the life that you lived, full of the breath of God, and inviting us to be filled with your breath. Continue to form us and shape us for your glory. Breathe into us the life of transformation, the life of your kingdom here on earth. Thank you for the gift of life. We ask your blessing in your name. Amen. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your life, for your very breath. Thank you for calling us to know you, to be with you, to be filled with you. Again, thank you for your body, your blood shed for us, given for us. May we this week, by your grace, not allow you to be the background music of our life, but to be our very life and being and growing in your breath in us. Thank you for the gift of life. We praise you this morning in your name.